here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. There's so much that's already been said, and it's, I mean, the testimony was awesome, Eddie. The, 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 your message, uh, Norman, that was really awesome. And um, uh, Peter, uh, I missed most of Peter's. <laughs> I was in and out uh, uh, dealing with some other stuff. But it's really just awesome, yeah, just to, 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 to hear the comments thread of the goodness of God, the grace of God, and how we can live and impact to change life. Uh, you know, I think in some circles, maybe even in your head, uh, uh, like, like Eddie was actually saying, like God can be a concept and maybe even the Christian life could be a, 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 a kind of like, you know Jesus is real, you know you're, the, the, all of this, but maybe you kind of see it like um, change is something we talk about that you might never experience. You know, change is something that we, we conf- like confess it till you possess it, but you possess it when you're dead. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, you've seen the testimonies, uh, testimony of Eddie, you've heard from the, 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 the word that's been spoken this morning. Uh, um, the change is possible. Transformation is possible. Uh, uh, but it's like the, the walking it out, which is the, the complicated part often. You know, it's often, uh, we've walked with many different, you know, uh, people from many different backgrounds uh, here at Grace Life, um, um, you know, recovering drug addicts to all sorts, all sorts. I don't, we don't need to go into all the details, but like over a long period of time. And it's usually like 10 steps forward, 20 steps back, 30 steps back, 10 steps forward, you know, it, it, it's back and forward. But that's, I've realized, is largely dependent on uh, focus, largely dependent on um, uh, what you're beholding, you know, because what you're beholding, you're becoming. And there's grace, praise God. There's hope as well. So we kind of don't just look at grace as an unforgiven, this is awesome, thank you Jesus, but yes, there's grace, but there's also hope now for a bright future. There's hope to, to move forward and hope to be able to live the abundant life that is God for us. Hope to be able to live in victory. Hope to be able to live uh, uh, without you know, shackles or anything like that. And, um, you know, so, so there's, there's hope. You know, I was just, while I was uh, in the sessions, one of the things that came came to me was really just, um, what does it mean that God is long-suffering? What does it mean that God is long-suffering? And I was thinking about that, and I was like, He never, ever gets angry and never will. Like, just, just think about that for a moment. Like, you can go to God on your worst day, ten days in a row, the same story, and, like, He's not angry. I don't think he's disappointed in you either. I think it's more just a case of like, like he sees the mess, he sees the damage, he sees the hurt, he sees the problem, and he knows that the solution is just, a, just, just there. The solution is not difficult. The solution's there. Amen. So now, living from this place, you know, how do we sustain this change? There's a couple of things, uh, uh, thoughts I want to share. I'm going to use my electronic. <laughs> Romans chapter one. Let's go to Romans chapter one. Verse 16 and 17 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
For therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So this is the, the gospel, the message of grace, the message of what he's done for us. It's not the, the message of what you need to do for him. It's the message of what he's done for you. And I mean, most, most of us, if you've grown up in Christian circles or you've been in church for a, a, a while, uh, at different churches, you, you kind of get this impression. Walk through a Christian bookstore and you'll get this impression of, um, you know, like, what do I need to do for God? You know, what, how do I, how do I um, perform for him? You know, like there's hoops that I have to jump through. Anyone ever feel like they have to jump through hoops? And it's like God's family is a family. It's not a circus. <laughs> you know, God's not a ringmaster hoping for us to jump through hoops perfectly or something like that. Sometimes it looks like a circus. Amen? This past week. <laughs> you know, but, but the point is, is that, that, that uh, 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 it, it's a family of grace and love and freedom. You know, one of the interesting thoughts... Um, when we talk about leadership, I talk about it there, uh, is that you know, New Testament leadership provides an environment of grace, not an environment of legalism where you have to constantly like, make sure you look perfect and everything's fine. And you know what that means? If, is if you're cultivating a, an environment of grace, there's always going to be mess. And the awesome thing is Jesus demonstrated that with the foot washing. He's like, come... Let me see your dirty feet. The, 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 the savior of the world, the, the, the one who created everything, comes down and gets dirty with your feet. Then he washes these feet that have been in open-toed uh, open sandals walking through the streets and, 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 and through uh, donkey dung and all sorts. Dusty, sweaty. Let me wash them for you. It's just like if Jesus isn't scared of mess, then we shouldn't be either. But the point is, is we don't stay in the mess. Because there's a bright future. And grace propels us forward to be able to get to that, 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 uh, that future. But the problem is, is if you look at verse 17, most people don't see that this is part of the gospel then. We've got to know this as part of the gospel if we're wanting to experience that, uh, uh, that transformation uh, in, in everyday life. It says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Right standing with God is revealed. This is what you've got to know if you want to live a transformed life and you want to help others to, to live a transformed life. This is like the basics is, is I'm righteous. I'm not trying to be righteous. Okay? And I'll get into that in a sec. But it says I'm, uh, the, the righteousness of God is revealed. It's not the righteousness of Shane or the righteousness of Norman or Eddie or whatever. It's not your righteousness. It's the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. And the moment you believe the gospel, that righteousness becomes your righteousness. And now you're 100% right with God. And you can't change that because you're right with Him. On your worst day, you're right with Him. And when we get to realize that, then it helps us to be able to move forward. It doesn't give us a license to, 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 to live a messed up life. It gives us a license to get out of it. Because you realize how free you are. Okay, so therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And there I just want to say, you know, it, it's a journey of faith. It's a life of faith. It's not something, you've got faith if you're a believer. So you're not trying to get faith. But what I want you to see is that it's not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Not by what we see. Not by what we feel. Not by what we're experiencing. 
So when you feel terrible, you've got to live by faith. Okay, I know this isn't a... Uh, I, know, I saw my wife online. <laughs> but I'll say it, I feel sad. Because there's distance right now. <laughs> this isn't a women's conference. But we have to talk about emotions. Because we might express emotions differently. We might go more anger, or you might have your outlet in pornography or, 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 or whatever. That might be an outlet for you of your, your emotions. And, you know, another emotion, which is, uh, or another emotional decision is pushing snooze on the alarm clock. It's an emotional decision. It's not necessarily sin, but I'm just showing you, we're also emotional. And yet we've got to learn to not be governed by our emotions. We've got to learn to govern our emotions. Otherwise, we'll never experience the transformed life like we could. We live by faith, not by emotions. You're angry with someone, live by faith. And you choose to love them. You don't feel like doing something you should do, you live by faith and you do what you should do. It's always the right time to do the right thing. Amen? Yet, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Currently, I'm throwing different ideas around here, but it's all going to string together. Ephesians chapter 2. I love the whole book of Ephesians. And currently, in uh, our Rondebosch church, we, we, we're going through the book of Ephesians, the letter of the, uh, to the Ephesian church. And um, what I love about it is the first half of Ephesians talks about our identity. The second half of Ephesians talks about uh, a Christian conduct or lifestyle. Um, and I'm sure that everyone here has, 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 has been in a service where you go, like, you know, the pastor with good intentions will focus in on the second half of Ephesians. And we'll, we'll speak about walking in love. We'll speak about uh, um, whatever, marriage, children obeying your parents, honoring your father and mother, servants and masters, all of these different things, the Christian conduct. But it's unfair to be able to tell you how you should live without telling you the power to live it. So yes, flee sexual immorality, but how helpful is that without the power to do it? Because yes, it's a choice, but for some it's not as simple as that. Okay? So, so, so if we look at this, then, then, then we've got to kind of make sure we're plugged in and getting the source and the power, not just the instruction on what to do. And it is a decision, but it comes down to, to, to making sure that that decision is rooted in the right place. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2, I love this. King James Version, verse 1. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Um, let me try the New Living as well. It says, once you were dead because of your, your disobedience and your many sins. Okay, the point there is that when we were unbelievers, we were dead. Now that we're Christians, we're alive. Come on. The, 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 the salvation is always radical. For anybody, even if you grew up in church, even if you don't have a testimony like me, your salvation was radical because you came from death to life. It doesn't matter what happened with all of that. It doesn't matter how much death you were involved in. It doesn't matter how much sin you had. You were a sinner. Even if you were a good one, <laughs> you were still a sinner. If you were a bad sinner and you really lived a good life, you're still a sinner and you still need salvation. 
Okay, so the transformation is huge. And this is how we live out this transformed life, is we've got to be beholding the right thing. Obviously beholding the Lord, but we've got to be focused in on who He is in us. Like, what is your picture of yourself? What is your picture of, of, of Jesus? You know, the answers to this will determine how you live your life. What's it? Um, Proverbs uh, 27 verse 3. It's one of our, our favorite verses to throw around, but it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your problems in your life, or the reason why you're not going where you could go, is because of your thinking. You know, it's not environment. It's thinking. Here we have a number of men, and there's, there's families attached to some of them, and there's other people who are living in the middle of Bontevil, living transformed lives. It's not about environment. Amen? You know, how do you see yourself? Who do you say you are? You know, we, we, we've got to come to grips with these things and start focusing on the real us. Who are we in Christ? Amen? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're looking at um, living a, a, a transformed life. 2 Corinthians 5. 16, it says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth we know him no more. Okay? There's two things here. I'm going to focus just on the one thing, bro, so I don't lose you. But this is basically saying, don't regard yourself according to the flesh. Don't regard yourself according to your actions and according to the, the, the way that God doesn't regard you. Yes, your actions are important. Yes, your, your, your decisions are important and stuff like that. And, and sometimes we need to make course corrections. Sometimes we need to learn to make better decisions. But, okay, this is, this is really important. We should never be judging ourselves by our action. I'm not a, a, a failure because I fail. I'm not an alcoholic because I, I, I have a problem with alcohol. Your, your, your identity needs to be rooted in Christ. And the problem is, is often we're rooting it in our issue. And part of the solution is to change the way we see ourselves and get out of it. Okay? Because the next verse there says, You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have become new. All things have passed away. So, you know, we, we, we need to regard ourselves not to the old, but to the new. Well, how does God see you? Righteous. How does God see you? Righteous. 100% right with God. 100% of the time. If we had a righteous scale here, okay, and your life as a believer, let's, let, like, let, let's assume you, I'm speaking to everyone, you are the worst Christian in the world. <laughs> okay, you're just not performing so well. So if we have a righteous scale here right now, and we put Jesus on this side, righteousness, and it goes like that, and now we're going to put you on this side, you're thinking this isn't going to move. <laughs> and it goes perfectly like this. Because the righteousness you have is His righteousness. I mean, look at it in, 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 in um, 2 Corinthians. Yeah. All I'm really doing is just washing in the Word. 
Because we need to, we need to be reminded of these things. These things need to be established in our hearts. And especially if the going gets tough, we need to remind ourselves of these things. We need to remind each other of these things. This is the important thing when it comes to um, um, Christian community. You, know, you, you, you come to church not to, sh- to make as if everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you're open and you're honest, then people can actually speak into your life and say, yeah, uh, 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 hey, that's not who you are. Hey, this is the right road. Hey, you're going for disaster. Hey, you know, you're doing well. Keep going. Or whatever the case is. Or this is how God sees you. Don't call yourself a failure. Or whatever the case is. Look at it, 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is what's in the gospel. That because of what Jesus has done, and because of your faith in him, you have now been made right with God. Even when you've done wrong, you're right with God. Now, what is, how do we, how do we, from here, how do we live? This is what we've got to be established in to be able to get there. Yeah, you know, what's it? Romans chapter 8. Have a look at this. Romans chapter 8. Because this is important. Everybody wants to, to, to manifest as a, a son of God. Which verse is that now? It's talking about... Uh, Creation eagerly waits in expectation. Oh my iPad, I'm not looking at What? 17, thank you. Strong. 22, thank you. Any other givers? No, I'm joking. The whole, we know, the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Okay, verse 21. But the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious uh, liberty of the children of God. And as it goes down, it starts to speak about how your creation is waiting eagerly in expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. That's you and I and, and our sisters included in that. But now what, what needs to happen for that to take place is we can't be walking around focused in on our issues. How do you live a transformed life? A transformed life is something that's going to transform other people's lives. Look at verse 1, because that's where it, it, it kind of is continuing on from Romans chapter 1. But verse 1 is the, 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 of chapter 8 is before the, the, where it starts to talk about um, the creation waiting eagerly in expectation. And it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. You can't live a victorious life. You can't live a transformed life whilst you're feeling condemned and you are feeling like you're unfit for use. If you feel like I'm not good enough, you'll never act good enough. You've got to move out of that place and start to be like, you know what? I am good enough. God lives in me. And that is the place of victory. It's, 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 there's a problem that seems to be rooted into most of Christianity. Most of Christianity that I know. You know, in, in that there's a separation mentality. And as long as you've got a separation mentality, you, you, you're going to be doing your thing and then coming back to God in your time of need or coming back to God to thank Him or whatever and then going and doing your best and coming back and praising God and you know, out on Monday to Saturday I'm, I'm slogging and then I come back on Sunday and I'm giving thanks to God or doing whatever I need to do and you know, then I'm going back to God and it's all rooted on misunderstandings on scriptures like Hebrews chapter 4 verse uh, what's it, 16 where it says come boldly to the throne of grace 
Assuming every single person here is born again, you cannot come boldly to the throne of grace. Wait for it. But as a Christian, you can't. Because you're one with God. You're living in the Holy of Holies. How can you get in if you're already in? Your problem is you see yourself on the outside. Trying to live for God and not Him living in you and Him living through you. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. I'm dead. But the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So I'm not trying to live for Jesus. Jesus is living in me. Because as long as you try and live for Jesus, you're going to fail at some point. You might be very good at living for Jesus because you've got self-control. Well done. We'll celebrate you afterwards. (laughs) Aren't you great? But all glory to Jesus, rather, that lives in me and lives through me, even if you don't have good self-control. It's not about you having self-control. And I know someone now is saying, yeah, but self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Is it? Galatians. <laughs> now, if you go through Galatians, for those who were on the men's camp last, last week, I think it was, wasn't it? Last week. <laughs> Not three months ago, like it feels. Um, yeah, I, I went through a bit of Galatians there, and, and I was really just blessed by it. So I just want to share one or two things from that, because, and we'll get into the fruit there, but in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand there fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now, what do you think of when you read that verse? Don't shout out, because some of you know the answer. But most of us would think of different things with regards to that. You're thinking of your struggle. Stand fast against that sin or whatever. This is talking about the law, actually. It's not talking about your, your sin problem. It's not saying stand fast against uh, uh, alcohol and drugs and, and pornography or whatever the case is. It's saying stand fast against the law. <laughs> Paul didn't really write a letter like the, the, the other way. He was warning against the law because the law kills. The law cannot empower you. He's saying, hey, stand fast in the truth of the gospel against the law. Okay? Verse 6. Galatians chapter 5. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avail anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith worketh by love. So Paul's writing to the Galatian church, and what is he saying? He's saying, hey, these guys are coming in, these Judaizers, they call, they're coming to try and pervert the gospel. They're trying to kind of pull you away from the purity of the gospel, the purity of Jesus, to try and get you to do something to be right with God, to do something to be able to get closer to God, to whatever, to, to, to kind of grow spiritually speaking. And one of the issues of the day was circumcision. It's not really an issue for us in the, 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 the church because of Acts chapter 15, praise God. Okay, so we're not having to have a, 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 a discussion about should we circumcise or shouldn't we circumcise today. But back then, the issue was, hey, is circumcision necessary in your relationship with God? And Paul writes here and he says, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love. Okay, the, the, the New Living 
find it here, says, For when we place our faith in, in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or un being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So what are you holding on to in order to try and get closer to God? In order to try and get freedom? In order to try and, and live this victorious life? What are you holding on to? Because uh, 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 Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 is written for you then. Because whatever you're trying to hold on to is actually law. Even if it's a good thing. Even if it's something which is in the Bible. Okay? What, what, what has set us free? <clears throat> Shifting gears. Go, go to, go to stay, stay in verse 6. I want to read it again just differently. For, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> there is no benefit to being circumcised or being uncircumcised. There's no benefit to... to I'm trying to think, which example do I use? Like, like, like some people think that, that, that being baptized in water is their ticket to freedom. Put that there. There's no benefit or non-benefit. We think that these actions, these things are going to be the thing that, that sets us free now. You know... Let me do this and if our faith isn't in Christ, our faith isn't getting baptized in water. When if you look at something like um, uh, Romans chapter 6 and every other letter of the New Testament, every single letter, whenever it talks about baptism, it's talking about being baptized into Christ, not into water. Because it's more important that you're baptized into Christ and that He's living in you and now you're letting Him out. Okay, that's just... Side note, but the point here is, is that whatever you're trying to do to be free isn't going to work. Okay, stand fast against legalism so that you can walk in freedom. Okay, when the Bible's talking about circumcision now in Galatians, not Galatians, in Colossians, it's showing that the sinful nature has been cut off by the circumcision, not made with hands. But it's a, the new covenant circumcision is the thing of, it's a sinful nature being cut off. Not the moment you got dunked in water, but the moment that you receive Christ. And so we've got a, the problem for most, for, for, for any Christian, isn't what are you doing right now? How much are you fasting? The, the, the issue is, 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 do you know what happened to you when you got born again? Because we lose sight of that. And now, yes, we were saved by grace. Yes, wow, I'm going to heaven. This is awesome. But now, it's kind of like, what do I need to do? And I think especially for us as guys, it's a case of, now I feel like I need to do something. Because we like to do something. We like to fix it. Bob the Builder. Can you fix it? You know, yes, he can. We want to go and, like, I mean, most of you, that's your problem. I've, I've learned better. When you're talking to your wife, she comes with a problem. And all she wants you to say is, I'm so sorry, that's horrible. And you're fixing the problem. <laughs> and you're wondering why you have a bit of a problem now. An argument is because you're trying to fix a problem that she doesn't want you to fix. She just wants you to sympathize. Speaking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, is that, that, that you can't fix yourself. You need to see what happened to you at, at Christianity. At, when you, the moment you receive Christ and see that you are now complete in Him. Colossians 2.10 You are complete now in Christ. You're perfect. Your, your life isn't like that right now. 
because you don't realize what happened to you when you received Christ. Okay? Look at, we'll maybe get back to the, the fruit there, but go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I don't know about you guys, a beautiful exchange. Beautiful grace exchange, what do you call it? Beautiful exchange grace church. There you go. But, but this is a verse that we love. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. But the, the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So now this is that the moment you receive Christ, you've got your Bible there, keep it open, I'm going to show you something. The moment you receive Christ, you become one with him. Did you know that there's never any distance between you and God? You might feel like I'm a million miles away from God right now because of the stupid that I've been doing. Or because I haven't been, maybe you're not doing any stupid, but you're, you're just uh, uh, not living like you should. You're not seeking God like you should. You're not, you're not in the Word. You haven't prayed or whatever. You, know, you feel far from God. The reality is you're one with Him. The reality is there's no separation. Now, I wish I remembered those elements. It was copper and tin. Combined, make bronze. I might be wrong. I just pretend it's right. <laughs> I did Google it. Okay, so, so, so like, we, we, we kind of think I'm joined to God like I'm sticking two pieces of paper together. You can tear that apart easily or put it above a kettle when it's boiling and it'll steam it apart. You know, it, it's two elements put together like copper and tin where it's, it becomes a, another a element where you can't actually separate the two again. Like, you can't say, okay, this part is me and this part is God, actually. Because now you're one with Him. Your spirit is one with Him. That's the reality we've got to see if we're wanting to live like Jesus. You can't live like Jesus in your flesh. Okay? So, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. We miss out on a lot because we often take verses out of isolation. Yeah, and, then, and then it's like, uh, I can do all things through a, 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 a scripture taken out of context. And you're at gym and you're like, I can do all things. Or, or you're, you're fishing and you're, or you're doing whatever you want to do. And you're like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, it, that doesn't work for that. But it says that, you know, you join to the Lord as one spirit with him. <clears throat> this letter of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, is being written to a messed up church. A church with incest, a church with sexual immorality, with racial divisions, with all sorts of problems. And just before he says, but the person who is he's joined to the, Lord, uh, uh, to the Lord is one spirit with him, he's dealing with sexual immorality. So let's go back a, a bit there. Verse 12. You say, I'm not allowed to do anything, <clears throat> but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm not allowed to do anything, I must not come as a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true. Though someday God will do away with them both. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. Now it's talking about your physical body. Okay? And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize... That your bodies are actually part of Christ. Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one with her body? For the scripture says, 
The two are united into one. So let me just pause there before we get to the scripture we read earlier and ask, why is he saying to a church where there's nothing, no problems, and to a church where, where everybody's just living a perfectly holy life and, and everything's just hunky-dory, praise the Lord, you know, we have no problems, we're praying for the people who do, we're sending money to them. You know, like, like he's writing to people who have these problems. He's not instructing them on the problems that other people have. He's instructing them on the problems that they have. And he's dealing with sexual morality, and then he says, but the person who is joined to the Lord... You, with all your problems, who are joined to the Lord, is one spirit with Him. The problem that you have is because you're not focusing in on who you are in the spirit. And if you're wanting to live a transformed life, you have to focus on who you are in the spirit, not who you are in the flesh. Victory will not come through having a demon cast out of you. You can have a demon cast out of you, and you, you, you just... You, 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 you're going to live like you did beforehand because you can't get rid of your brain. You have to renew your brain. You have to change your way of thinking. You can change your environment, but if you don't change your way of thinking, you're still going to be stuck where you are. Okay? But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run or flee from sexual immorality. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Now this isn't a legalistic message of let's all just recommit ourselves and get on our knees and, and have an altar call and we're going to rah be, be better men. <laughs> Love our wives better and serve better and all of that. I've been to those meetings, but I don't enjoy them. Uh, this is a message of this is not our life. Because we have a new life in Christ. And so you've got to come to know who you've got inside of you, who you're carrying, so you don't take him, the Lord of glory, to the house of a prostitute. He won't be offended with you. He loves you. I don't know what he would do in that situation. But he's not going to stop you, because you've got a free will. And if you realize who you're carrying, a lot of your problems would stop. Because you're, you're, you're more in connection with who you are in Christ, not with who you are in the flesh. And I just can't help myself. We know that. That's why we're telling you not to help yourself. God doesn't help those who help themselves. We're telling you, stop trying to help yourself and let God do it. Stop trying to crucify yourself every day. He was crucified for you. So you don't have to be crucified. And now just accept that when you receive Him, you die. You die. So where's your focus? What are you focused on? Are you focused on the things that you're struggling with? Are you focused on trying to live for Jesus? Because you'll never be good enough either way. It'll only work when you start to realize your oneness with Him. That there's no separation between Him and me, even on my worst day. Right now you're as close to God as you'll ever get. You just need to start to awaken to that reality. You need to start to realize who is inside of you. What he thinks of you. 
Go to Romans chapter 12. I think everybody has mentioned this, so it would be a sin if I didn't. <laughs> but it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And it goes on to, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I want to focus in on that first part first. It says, this, this is how, this, we, we've got to have this as our point of departure. Okay? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable uh, service, or your spiritual act of worship, another translation says. Okay? So, you can never offer yourself a living sacrifice to God. Now, living sacrifice, let's just focus on that. It doesn't mean that you kill yourself. It doesn't mean that you are just like um, something that's dead, like this, this zombie. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're something like this, that I can throw it where I want to and it just stays Living sacrifice, if, it was, if that was my child that I threw, which I would never throw, and I threw my child over there in the corner, they, they could come running back, right? How many of you have left a person, a child, where, where you wanted them and then you turn around and they're not there anymore? You've got a, a, a living sacrifice has to choose to stay. A living sacrifice has to choose the right thing. It's not a case of, you know, I killed this, this goat, I put it on the altar, now it stays there. It's a case of having to make this commitment in my heart on a regular basis. Whenever I'm confronted with the opportunity to make a wrong commitment, a wrong decision. And I'm just like, I'm saying, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I don't want to say yes, but I'm going to say yes on this. Yeah. I want to get angry, but I'm not going to get angry. I want to whatever, but I'm not going to whatever. I'm saying yes to you and your will. Too many people in, in, in church are wanting to see the sick healed, the dead raised, the lepers cleansed, the COVID healed, or whatever. And, and, and yet, the simple things that are on the word avoid sexual morality. We don't want to know that one. We don't want. We, we rather want to see the sick healed. How, if you can't lift ten kilograms, why are you going to try and lift one or twenty? You know, we, we, we got, we, yeah. Faith is faith, and faith works. But but why are we picking and choosing? The word of God is is, is a whole thing. What I love here is it's saying, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies. You can't present yourself as that living sacrifice unless you have, have had a, a, a picture of the mercies of God, what you're saved from, of His goodness, of the good news, of the gospel. We need to, we, we need to view His mercies, and then we respond. Worship is a response. We're not worshipping, singing to try and uh, uh, get God to pitch up. We, we, we're singing and we're celebrating Him because of what He's done for us. We're not to try and get Him to do something for us. We're not giving to get. We're not giving to try and finances to try and get something from God. He's not a slot machine. We're giving because of our thankfulness. We're giving because of the need of the gospel to reach the earth. We're, we're, we're the same thing with our lives. We're not saying, okay, God, I'll do anything for you because it's the right thing to do. 
We're not saying, God, here's my life. Whatever you want, I'll do it. Just because that's what you know, Norman did and, and everybody watched and thought, that's great. What are we doing? We're saying, Father, you are so, so good to me. You've done so much for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Now I can forgive. Thank you for, 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 for changing my life and saving me. And for impacting my family or whatever the case is. And in view of his mercies, you're going, I'm going to say yes, Lord. I'm going to say yes, Lord. I'm going to say yes to what you want for me. I'm not going to live my own life with the grace card because I'm forgiven. I'm going to say yes, Lord, even when I don't feel like it. Look, Because look at Romans chapter 6. I have it open. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live in it any longer? Shall we continue in sin? No, God forbid. Can we? Yes. You can live in sin if you want. God loves you. You're forgiven. But shall we? No. Why? Because it's terrible. It's going to cost you. It's going to wreck your life. It's going to take you off track from what God's best is for you. And so rather, focus in on, wow, Lord, look what you've done for me. And you fall in love with Jesus, and then it's a case of, I just want to hang out with you, actually, Jesus. Some of you know this romantically with, with your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> you fell in love with her and you just wanted to spend time with her. Your friends are all like, well, where are you? Why, why don't you want to hang out anymore? I'll, I'll, I'll check my diary. You know, I'm busy. Yeah. Because now it's like, wow, I just want to spend time with you, Jesus. Getting back to relationship with God. And it's a case of, I just, I just, I just want to uh, 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 give you my life. Here you go. Most people are lying when they're singing songs like that. Because it's not really in their heart. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my life. You know, my desire is to live for you. No, it's not. You're just singing that and we hopefully, we're making you sing that so that hopefully it gets into your heart. And one day you wake up and you're singing it and you're like, wow, those are good words. I should do them. <laughs> Offer yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is reasonable, guys, to say yes, Lord, and to live a yes, Lord life. I'm sure probably the majority of us in the room are in this position. I've seen it far too often to, 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 to get this wrong, this guess. Most people want to know what occupation should I do. Most guys, like, like they want to hear a, a, a series on uh, fulfill my destiny, discover my purpose, make money. Amen? They want something like that, but they don't want to say yes in the simple things. They're choosing. God, I want you in this part of my life, but I don't want you in this part of my life. Why? Because my job brings me a, a, a deep sense of ego. You know, my job is associated with my identity. My job is, is, is giving me my sense of worth. When your sense of worth shouldn't be coming from what you do, it should be coming from the gospel. You can work at McDonald's and be worth more than someone who's working in Parliament. Well, that's not a good example, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just came out of my mouth. I, I repent. Anyway... 
You've got to think about what you say before you say it. I know. But anyway, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is as good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Like, the, the way to change is to change our way of thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your problem isn't your spouse. Your problem isn't your environment. Your problem isn't whatever you think your problem is. Your problem is... Look in the mirror. <laughs> it's you. It's your thinking. It's not your upbringing. It's not your circumstances. Those are contributing factors. But you are your problem. Okay? And, and I'm not saying that in a condemning way. It's a liberating if I'm the problem because I can make different decisions. But if Norman is my problem, then I've got to get him to make different decisions. I've got to get him to change or I've got to separate from him. I've, it's difficult to change someone else, but I can, I can, I can make, a, make a plan with me. Amen? Don't be conformed to this world. Don't just fall into the same way everyone does things. Okay? But be transformed, completely changed by changing your way of thinking. So how should we think? Let's look at Colossians. Chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, is the, the King James... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of, on earth, for you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I like how the, the, the New Living puts the, the, the first verse there. It says, since you have been raised with Christ to a new life. Because it's not if. if we've got two Christians there. If you've been raised with Christ, then, but if you have, have you or haven't you? No. If you're a Christian, you've been raised with Christ. Okay? If you're a Christian, you've been raised with Christ to a new life. Okay? Go read through Romans chapter 6. It echoes this. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to see that if, since you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Okay? The word seek evokes some kind of action. Some kind of purpose. Some kind of intentionality. If you're not intentional about the direction of your focus and the direction of your life, you're going nowhere. Or, or actually going just to a bad place. Seeking is something which we have to give ourselves to. It's something which we've got to desire, but something we've got to actually follow through on. I had a desire to come here this morning. And I came. I'm pretty sure, I don't know of anyone, so if you're watching online or whatever, then this was your friend, I'm not thinking of them. I don't know of anyone who had the intention to come and decided not to. Good intentions pave the way to hell. You know, I'll sort my life out with God, I'll do this, I'll do that, down, but they never get to it. You know, we, we, integrity means you do what you say. And you say what you do. And if we're wanting to see fruitfulness in our life, we've got to be intentional about seeking those things which are above. Then it says, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Our focus shouldn't be on this earth or even thinking about how Jesus was on earth. It should be how he is now. The resurrected, exalted one. 
sitting, sitting on the right hand of God. He's talking about authority. We've got to focus on the fact that he's got authority. I'm in him. I've got authority. I'm not just uh, uh, flopping around in life. I've got authority. And I need to use that authority. You know, this past week with, with the different people uh, getting tested for COVID, including myself and some of you and, and some people having symptoms and, and all, and then getting, you know, what, just a handful of positives. You know, there were some people who really had all the symptoms and they were not feeling good. And we just took authority and we stood on the word and we spoke life to them. We declared healing and like every hour I would speak to them and others. And, and it was awesome to see that those individuals were completely clear. And it's like, but that doesn't make sense because you had all the symptoms and it was bad. Well, praise God. The power of God at work because of the authority that we released. Okay, verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. Now, when it's talking about your affection, it's really referring to your heart. And it's saying that we need to exercise our minds towards something. What are you exercising your mind towards? You need to be exercising your mind, your focus towards something. What are you exercising your mind towards? What are you setting your affection on? On things above, not on things uh, of earth. Most people are seeking what the world is seeking. Jesus gives us the answer to this. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom. Before that, he says, hey... Your father knows that you have need of all these things. He knows what your needs are. And all the, the heathen, some translations say Gentile, I prefer heathen. It says all the heathen are, are seeking after these things. Finances, provision, and all this. But your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God. Set your affection. Seek first the kingdom of God. God's way of doing things. Seek first relationship. Seek first Christ who sitting on the right hand of the Father, who's above and not beneath. What do you focus on? Because yeah, from here, living the transformed life, we can give you a list of things like transformed life is about being an ambassador. Transformed life is about uh, being a witness and influencing people and healing the sick and raising the dead and cleansing. And all we're doing is we're just putting more to-do lists together for you. Yeah. All of that. Now, now, if you go to Galatians 5, verse uh, uh, 23 onwards, 22 onwards with the fruit of the Spirit. All of that. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All the fruit of the Spirit can become a to-do list. And often it's taught as a to-do list. But it's the fruit, the natural byproduct of having the Spirit of God. If you're a believer, you've got this. This is your new nature. This is who you are. It's describing you. You are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what's inside of you. And if you're not acting like it, it's because your focus isn't on your new reality. It's on the old man. And that's your problem. You need to stop trying to be good and start realizing who you are. That's why we're not giving you the to-do list as you leave. Go tell someone about Jesus today. If you don't want to, don't. I release you from that burden. <laughs> if you don't want to give today, don't give. If you don't want to, to whatever, greet, the, greet your neighbor, don't do it. How many of you really love it when someone gives you a gift and they, you know they really didn't want to do it? I mean, it depends on the gift, right? <laughs> I'll receive. 
But the point is, it's like it doesn't, it's not pleasant. You get this gift and it's like, wow. Yeah, I can see that you really wanted to give me this. Like, you just by the expression on your face or whatever. But, but the point is, it's like, I mean, imagine God. He, he just loves you and He accepts you. But if I was God, I would do it differently. <laughs> I, I would be a bit upset if, if, if you were giving and if you were doing the right thing and it wasn't flowing from the right place. I wouldn't be upset with you. I'd just be like, well, I'm just done. Just stop. Not because I'm disappointed, but because I'm, I'm sad for you. That's if I was God. I don't know how God does it. But the point is, is that when we are rooted in the right place in the gospel, when we're rooted in our identity, righteousness, when we, we, we're dealing with that separation mentality in our mind, and, and we're, we're eradicating it to know that I'm one with God, and our focus is on the risen Christ who's now living inside of me, what's going to happen? I'm going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, purity, whatever else, power. It's going to be a flow of it because I'm rooted in my identity. I'm going to have the fruit of that identity. What is my identity? My identity is Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you're rooted in that identity, you're going to have the fruit of that identity. If you're not focused, that's who you are, whether you act like it or not. But if you don't focus on it, you're never going to live like it. So that's why it's, 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 it's really a thing that we need to wake up to and then see the truth. You know, lots of people make wrong decisions. They choose the wrong thing. Why? Because they want the wrong thing. It's a desire which needs to change. Has anyone, whether it's right or wrong, done something that they don't really want to do? It's difficult. Like, to, to, even if it's a good thing, to, to have to do the right thing when you really don't want to. Change your want to, and then it's easy to do the right thing. Focus your heart, your affection, on the right thing. And the transformation starts to flow. And it's, it's not something intellectual. It's the power of the Spirit at work in your life because you're choosing to live in the Spirit. Amen? You're choosing to live in the Spirit. So then it begins to flow out of you. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that we are one with you. One to the exclusion of any other. There's no separation between us and you. Just close your eyes for a moment and just, just imagine that oneness for a moment if you can. Probably impossible, but just meditate on it. I am one with God. You are one with Him. That's why He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are 100% right before Him and in Him. Holy Spirit, I just invite your ministry now just to build up and courage, reveal truth and Just minister among, among all of us right now in the name of Jesus. I really just feel the Father saying there is no condemnation. 
Now, the reason you're, some of you are not seeing fruitfulness in your life and in areas that you desire, even fruitfulness in business, is because you're living under a cloud of condemnation. You feel like you don't deserve success. You feel like you don't deserve to, to, to flourish. You feel like you, you, you haven't done enough yet. And it's not even a spiritual thing, even just in the natural. You just keep beating yourself up because you feel that you're not good enough. And God just wants you to know there's no condemnation. You could never do enough to get to where you think you should be. Be content with what you have. Focus in on your oneness with Him, your acceptance in Him, and you'll start to experience fruitfulness. I feel like somebody else, like uh, this is probably for a number of people as well, a number of you guys, like God's just saying stop comparing to other people. Stop comparing yourself spiritually to other people, in business to other people. God hasn't called you to be like anybody else. He's called you to be you. So look to Him and get your marching orders from Him. Don't get your, your direction from how someone else is doing it. Stop comparing because comparing, comparison is even wrecking your marriage. You're comparing yourself, whoever this is, to, 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 to other husbands. You're comparing your, 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 what you have, finances and things like that, to other people. And it's even driving your wife a bit nuts, whoever you are. And God's just saying, relax. Stop it. Be content with what you've got. Change your focus from, from seeking stuff and seeking money. Yes, you've got to work. Yes, you've got to get a living and all that. But change the focus from seeking that to seeking God. Put your affection, your effort into seeking Him above all those things. And you'll see that influence everything. I really feel, even just on my heart now, that there's a couple of you guys here that you, you feel like you're just broken right now. You're like, I'm broken, I'm in a broken place. It might be an extreme situation, it might just be not, not so extreme. But you, you just feel like you're broken, and everyone's eyes are closed, but if that's you, I want to ask you to stand. I know there's a couple of you. But if you're feeling broken, God, God really just wants to minister to you right now. Just be bold and stand up. God's got something for you. The reality is, is that if you're a Christian, God doesn't see you as broken. You feel broken, but you're not. Your thinking might be broken, but you're not broken. In fact, you're, you're complete. You're perfect in Him. Your decisions aren't lining up with that. Your life maybe doesn't look like that. But you're perfect. He sees perfection in you. And that's what God is calling out of you right now. He's saying, mighty man of valor, which is inside of you, come out. He's saying, rise up. 
Stop allowing shackles and things to hold you down. Stop allowing the opinions of others to hold you down and rise up in the strength that He's placed in you. There's a strength inside every one of us, not just the one standing, but every one of us, that God wants us to give to the world to help make this world better, to advance the kingdom. But we've got to allow that strength to rise up from within us. And if you're standing, I, I just speak wholeness to your mind right now. The, the devil has no hold on you. The devil has nothing on you. Yes, you, you, you've agreed with him and you've made some decisions and cooperation with him from time to time. But, but the point is, you're a child of God. You're a son of God. For you specifically, Mike, I just feel like God's just saying, I'm pleased with you. And yes, you've made mistakes, and yes, you know, he, 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 you've got things that you need to fix and sort out. But God's saying, I want to do it with you. Stop trying to do it yourself. Let's, let, let's do this together. You look to me, and I'll, I'll help. You step back from trying, and let my spirit, my life flow in your, in your life. Father, I just speak a release from within each of these guys standing, that a release of life and power of your spirit right now to flow in their lives, that they, they will start to see transformation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are not broken. You are whole. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've been living like an old creation, but you're a new creation. Rise up and be what God has created you to be. Rise up and start to live from that place of, of, of uh, who you now are in Christ. Let's just stand up together for a moment. Father, I, I just, 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 just pray for all of us right now that by your Spirit, there would just be a deeper revelation right now. A deeper understanding of what we've got inside of us. That we are one with you. Help us to see this. Help us to understand this. Help us to know this more. And even in, in the coming days and weeks, I pray for every single guy right now in this room. That as we're studying the Word, as we're listening to, to teachings, as we're in church, as we're doing Bible study, whatever, I thank you that there's going to be a, just a deeper revelation and understanding of our oneness with you, of our new identity in you. And that it's not something we're striving for, it's by grace, it, it's ours. We're not trying to become, we are. We are Christians uh, uh, full with your spirit not trying to get full of your spirit not trying to get more of you we have you in us help us to awaken to this reality and live from this place of of power Father that we wouldn't be living like the world any longer but we would make decisions like you would that we would start to, to live like you would because we've got that empowering in us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.
Ephesians chapter 1 says, you know, when you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're not trying to get the Spirit. You've got it. Now awaken to that reality. Yield to the Spirit inside of you. I really just feel that this is just an invitation from God for every single one of us now. Because yet, whether you're, 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 you're in a good place or whether you're in a bad place, we can all yield more. So right now, just, just begin to focus in on the goodness of God. Just begin to thank God for who He is and for His grace, for His favor, for His, His goodness in your life. Just begin to, to, to overflow in your heart towards Him in thankfulness for, for what He's done, for who He is, that He's forgiven you, that He's not holding any sin against you, that you're forgiven, that you're free, that He's cut off your sinful nature. You don't have a sinful nature problem. You have a sinful thinking problem. Begin to just be thankful for something. And as you're just, 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 just thanking Him for, for His faithfulness, for His goodness, for His love towards you, with his, which is without any condition, in view of His mercies, as an overflow of your heart, I just challenge you now to say yes to Him. Just yield yourself to Him. Say, Father, I am a living sacrifice for you. Don't do it if you don't want to. Just keep focusing on His goodness. Keep focusing on His love. But if you're at that place where you want to, where, where inside of you there's just an overflow and you're like, I need to say this to you, Father. Then just, just, just like give yourself to Him. Say, Father, I know that, that this isn't a salvation issue. This, you know, this isn't a salvation issue. This isn't about you being saved or not saved. It's not about you having the blessing or not having the blessing or whatever. You've got it. It's yours. This is about... God having you or not. It's about, does He have your heart? Have you, does he, are you pliable in His hand? In your heart. This isn't something you can do with your actions or with your mouth. It's in your heart. Just yield to Him. Say, Father, I want what you've got for me. I yield to you. Guys, this is what will make you a better man. This is what will cause your marriage to start flourishing. This is what's the, 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 the foundation of a successful life. Is where we're at this place of, Father, I want what you've got. I yield to you. God has absolutely no expectations on you. Therefore, He cannot be disappointed in you. You're His child and He's well pleased with you. This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. He said that of Jesus. You're His Son. He says that of you. He said that of Jesus before Jesus did anything. It was before His ministry started. Your life of ministry may not have started, but God says of you, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, how can he say that? Is he ignoring your sin? No. He's looking at who you really are. He's not judging you by the flesh. He's judging you by the spirit. He's not looking at your imperfections and how you feel. He's looking at who you are now that he lives inside of you. Father, I thank you that as guys in this room awaken to that reality, we're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see victory. We're going to have testimonies. 
We're going to see marriages restored. We're going to see lives transformed, relationships impacted positively. I think that you know this room has the power. Every single guy in this room has the power to make an impact on this world. And that this place of yes, Lord, is the start of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And here's a key that I'll leave you with this key. And that is that you can say yes to Jesus and you can, you can start making decisions with Him. You can start going in the right direction. But you won't go where you could go. You won't make it by yourself. He's put us together as a family. As much as you are part of Christ, you're a part of me. You're a part of your brother standing next to you. You're a part of the, the family of God. And we were not created to live in isolation or to do it ourselves. We created to support one another. We created to, to get, you know, to, to, to become all that we created to become in a sense of the way that we live and the fruitfulness that we experience with each other. Don't, don't try and be a lone ranger. Lone rangers get shot. Thank you, Father, for the community that we have with each other, the communion, the fellowship that we have with one another. And thank you that as we awaken to that reality, we'll also live in the fruitfulness of that, Father. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.